Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today and supporting this podcast. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, go snag your free uh, 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. So great review, great study guide, whether you're in practice, whether you're going through school and pharmacology classes. Um, it definitely has a, a little bit for everybody there. So uh, go snag, snag that for free simply for signing up for the email list. We let you know when we've got new episodes, new content coming out. So um, go take care of that at reallifepharmacology.com. The medication of the day today is Carvedilol. Brand name of this medication is Coreg, and I would say I do see this medication used fairly frequently. Uh, it is classified as a beta blocker, uh, so naturally you may see it used for things like blood pressure, heart failure, angina, atrial fibrillation, uh, post-MI. Uh, those are all uh, kind of common indications. So Interestingly, uh, over the last few years, at least when I started in practice, I definitely saw this medication used uh, more and more just for straight hypertension. Uh, recent guidelines over the last few years, um, ACCHA does not recommend beta blockers typically as a first-line agent for uh, blood pressure if there's no compelling indication or another reason to use a beta blocker. So that's definitely been a change over the last uh, five to 10 years, at least from from what I've seen. Uh, so those compelling indications I kind of alluded to, and the one that I see it used most often in is, is heart failure. So heart failure with uh, reduced ejection fraction. Uh, dosing of the medication, uh, 3.125 milligrams twice a day, um, titrate up to 25 milligrams twice a day. Again, that's going to be based upon uh, tolerability. So we're going to, you know, check out that heart rate, check out uh, blood pressure, make sure we aren't getting, getting too low with those. Uh, ultimately, uh, in a situation uh, specifically with reduced ejection fraction heart failure, we want to get to those higher doses if we can. Okay, so that gets to be a balance definitely with what the patient can tolerate based upon the adverse effect profile uh, and the impacts to heart rate and blood pressure. Uh, but we do ideally want to titrate up uh, in a patient with heart failure who needs a, a beta blocker. Uh, again, that's if, if they can tolerate it. Uh, dosage formulations, I did want to uh, touch on briefly. There is an uh, extended release formulation. Uh, I will tell you that I hardly ever see it. I can't recall the last time I've, I've seen it used in practice, and that's uh, likely a cost issue compared to uh, immediate release uh, Carvedilol, which is pretty inexpensive when it comes to uh, the, the rating scale of, of price and, and medications. Uh, mechanistically, I did want to touch on that a little bit further. So it's classified as a beta blocker, just like metoprolol, propranolol, um, but a lot of times these beta blockers vary in how much they affect 
receptors. Uh, so carvedilol is actually a beta blocker, so can affect beta 1 and beta 2 with some alpha blocking activity as well. So now if you remember the podcast back to alpha blockers, alpha receptors tend to be on those vessels and it can open up by blocking alpha receptors that can open up those vessels and naturally drop blood pressure. Think of a a tube basically widening with the same amount of fluid going through it, that pressure in there uh, is going to drop. Carvedilol having that beta blocking activity is going to drop heart rate as well. Uh, The only other beta blocker that has some at least some alpha blocking activity activity uh, is labetalol. So that's definitely something I've seen come up on pharmacology exams uh, throughout my career. Kind of what's different with carvedilol compared to some of the other beta blockers. Uh, carvedilol does have some of that alpha blocking uh, activity. That's also thought as we kind of get into adverse effects. Um, that's because of kind of all those different mechanisms or or broader uh, scope of mechanism with carvedilol. Uh, It's also thought that there may be some evidence to indicate uh, that we may have less impacts uh, on uh, breathing disorders. So COPD, asthma, uh, carvedilol maybe affects that a little bit less. Now, where would you see that in clinical practice? You know, I'm I'm not really sure if you'd base drug, drug selection solely on that. I don't know if the evidence is strong enough there in in my opinion. Um, However, if you had a patient that, you know, started metoprolol or started propranolol um, for for a various condition and you had an overlapping condition, that carvedilol could be tried. Um, And if they had issues with their uh, breathing, uh, with their respiratory medications, and that worsening with adding a beta blocker, maybe you'd consider, you know, trying over a, a low-dose carvedilol or something like that. So, again, I, I don't think, you know, the, the clinical application is real strong there, but it has uh, been purported to potentially um, be a little bit uh, less impactful uh, on impacting breathing. So, if you remember beta-2 uh, agonists, they're used to help breathing. Uh, by blocking beta-2, like beta blockers do, there's the potential impact that it could worsen breathing. Uh, Other adverse effects, uh, low pulse, low BP, those are kind of common sense. That's how the drug works, and that's what we're using it for. Uh, Sedation and patients feeling tired, that can definitely happen. I have certainly seen that uh, with beta blockers like carvedilol. Uh, generally, uh, you know, if we start low and go slow, hopefully that's minimized. That's why we try not to get too aggressive with the dosing right away and we want to slowly titrate up. Uh, sexual dysfunction is another issue with beta blockers. So you got to pay attention to that. If you see a PDE5 inhibitor like sildenafil being added, um, you definitely want to go look at that medication list. Are they on a beta blocker, uh, for example, that could worsen that? Uh, the respiratory concerns, I kind of talked about that already. Um, blunting symptoms of hypoglycemia, that is kind of reported as a class effect of beta blockers. Uh, in my experience, I haven't seen it really be an issue um, too much from a clinical standpoint, but I think it is you know, something to be aware of, particularly if you've got a patient uh, that has had a history of a lot of uh, hypoglycemia 
and or episodes that have brought them into uh, urgent care or emergency care. Uh, and then getting into the pharmacokinetics um, and kind of coupling that with adverse drug reactions, uh, it is not uh, definitely ideal to stop beta blockers abruptly. So the big risk of this is basically kind of this, um, you know, rebound ischemia and rebound issues with um, uh, cardiovascular concerns. You know, increase, you know, kind of reflex increase in blood pressure, and that ischemia can can happen and you know, in rare cases, it has been reported that heart attacks have happened if patients abruptly uh, stop their their beta blocker. Uh, some beta blockers are worse than others for this potentially, and it makes sense that beta blockers um, that have a shorter half life they're going to be out of the system much more quickly, and so that rebound issue of elevated blood pressure and potentially leading to severe consequences like ischemia in rare cases, um, that's going to be worse with those shorter half-life medications. And so, um, you know, a drug like atenolol, that's dosed once a day. So that, you know, has a little bit longer half-life um, compared to propranolol, immediate release, which is dosed multiple times per day. So um, carvedilol tends to fall kind of right in the middle there. Um, it is dosed twice a day, and the half-life is about 7 to 10 hours. So uh, definitely, ideally, would not want to abruptly uh, stop this medication. And so it's really, really important, I think, to educate patients about being consistent with their medication uh, and making sure we don't you know, have cumulative missed doses in a row uh, that could increase that risk for those uh, rebound-type issues. Monitoring parameters, I think I kind of alluded to the most important ones there, heart rate, blood pressure, uh, kind of common sense. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study materials, definitely go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got pharmacotherapy, geriatrics, and other exams as well. Uh, to help you prepare for those exams and help you pass those exams. So uh, go check out our growing list of resources there. Uh, if you're nurse, NP, PA, physician, med student, uh, we've got books on case studies, clinical pearls, drug interactions, a lot of real-world clinical pearls uh, that are going to help you be a better clinician, a better healthcare professional. So uh, go check that out, support the sponsor, uh, all those links can be found at meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. All right, so let's wrap up with drug interactions. A uh, couple I'm going to be pretty brief here on. So thinking about other drugs that can lower pulse, that can obviously have an additive effect on top of carvedilol. So uh, calcium channel blockers like diltiazem and verapamil, they act on the heart. They can lower blood pressure further. Uh, amiodarone and other antiarrhythmics can drop the, the pulse, uh, have that additive effects. Um, and then acetylcholinesterase inhibitors have been reported to do that as well. Those are dementia medications like denepazone. Uh, blood pressure, same thing. We can have that cumulative blood pressure lowering effect. We're likely monitoring for this um, and we're likely anticipating this as a beneficial effect potentially. Um, but I think it is important to uh, make sure we, we pay attention when other meds are added. Uh, like a Cinemet, for example, or 
you know, a medication for sexual uh, dysfunction, like the PDE5 inhibitors, like sildenafil, uh, those can drop blood pressure as well. So definitely pay attention to that. Uh, all right, a few other interactions. So uh, primarily, uh, carvedilol is uh, eliminated through the liver. So, uh, and, but it's eliminated by multiple uh, different enzymes. So if you block one, you know, how much effect does that have on the concentration? Um, it, it can vary a little bit based upon what the dose of the other drug is and what the dose of the car- carvedilol is. Um, so 2C9 inhibitors and 2D6 inhibitors are probably the most significant enzymes. If you inhibit those concentrations of carvedilol and ultimately the activity of carvedilol could go up. So again, not something I, I crazy worry about, but something, you know, to note if you note that, you know, pulse rate has, has dropped significantly, blood pressure is lower, um, than expected, uh, that might be a good time to go reassess and say, Hey, did we start a sip 2D6 inhibitor that is making concentrations go up or something to that effect? So, uh, again, kind of pay attention to those patients clinically, uh, monitor that, that heart rate and that, and, uh, blood pressure. Now, carvedilol is a, a P-glycoprotein ABCB1 inhibitor. Uh, what this means clinically is uh, it can increase the concentrations of some drugs. And probably uh, the one I remember most here is uh, colchizine, so which is used for gout. So it could increase uh, colchizine concentrations. Uh, blunting epinephrine effects. So a patient taking an EpiPen, uh, if they have history of allergic reactions, things like that, anaphylaxis, uh, beta blockers could potentially uh, blunt the effects of that epinephrine. Now, do we do it? You know, do we not give epinephrine in that situation? You know, of, of course we don't in an emergency anaphylaxis allergic reaction type situation. Of course, we would still give the EpiPen, but if you've got a patient um, that doesn't respond as well or something, you know, it, it could be uh, on account or at least contributed partially by uh, using a beta blocker. Uh, drugs that increase blood pressure, I wanted to mention. Of course, that can uh, directly oppose what we're trying to do with the carvedilol if we're trying to drop blood pressure. Uh, so stimulants, NSAIDs, those are kind of a couple uh, classic examples that raise blood pressure. Uh, and then understanding, uh, going back to the enzyme breakdown, if we've got an enzyme inducer of you know 2C9, 2D6, rifampin being a classic example, uh, that could potentially lower concentrations of carvedilol. All right, well, that wraps up the podcast for today. I hope you found it helpful, picked up a few clinical practice pearls. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, mededucation101 at gmail.com. Uh, please go support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Uh, your help there directly goes to fund this podcast and me being able to do it. So uh, greatly appreciate all of you who have uh, visited the store and, and supported uh, the store at meded101.com. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, greatly appreciative to those of you who have taken the time to do that. Uh, also share us, uh, email your class, email your students, uh, wherever your uh, career has led you. Uh, definitely share it with other uh, healthcare professionals if you found uh, this podcast beneficial. All right, well, I'm going to sign off for today. Uh, Don't forget to go sign up at reallifepharmacology.com. 
Uh, and I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.